Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Sweet Spirit of the Living God, we're hungry, we're thirsty. We're thirsty for you, O God. We're hungry for your presence, O God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just a quick announcement before I forget. Um, our morning prayers, uh, time to pray, which is 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., Monday to Friday. Um, all that was put on hold for, for the 40 days of the fast. Uh, starts again on the 4th of March. Yeah, so please remember that. Um, let the period we were waiting on God together and pray, let it not be a season. Let it have become a lifestyle. Uh, someone say amen to that? Amen. amen. So please, that's another, another opportunity to express yourself in prayer, to pray with, with a community. And then also, Bible study starts on Monday the 4th as well at 7 p.m. every Monday. And it's online. Um, the, the foundation of the Word of God is so critical, especially in these seasons we find ourselves. And it's wonderful to come on the so, some great teaching by those who lead it, uh, principally Pastor Bajo, who just has a passion for teaching and for discipleship and breaks down the Bible in a way that I, we all find fascinating and amazing. So please, if we can take advantage of that, praise God. Hallelujah. Today, um, you don't have to be deeply spiritual to sense that there's something that is in the atmosphere, yeah. whether it's here at the base or in Greenwich, at the French expression, Jesus House Francophonie, um, or even online. And when you look at our journey, in a natural way, it makes sense. Today, we're going to believe that the Spirit of God will come afresh upon each one of us. We're going to anoint ourselves with oil. It's symbolic of the Spirit of God. More than 30 direct references to being anointed with oil in both the Old and the New Testament. And as you study those references, I picked out eight things that happen when a person is anointed with oil. Of course, it is symbolic and can be an empty ritual or it can have the power of the Spirit of God in it. And we, we believe that this anointing is not going to be an empty ritual. It's not just observing one of the things that we could observe as we practice our faith. We believe 
that because it has been called by God, ordained by God, we have stayed in the place of prayer and fasting. God wants to use this symbolism to achieve something that for each one of us it will be an encounter with God. There are eight things, and there could be more, in fact there are more, but these eight I kind of um, chose to share with us. And I'm sharing it so that we can be expectant, yeah, that one of these things, two of them, all eight of them, is going to be my testimony as I am anointed with oil. The first thing is that we are believing God that this anointing will bring healing. Uh, the Bible says in Mark, the sixth chapter, verses 12 and 13, so they went out and preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. By the grace of God, this anointing that is symbolic of the Spirit of God coming upon a person is going to break the yoke of sickness, disease, or infirmity in your life in the name of Jesus. We're anointing you in a name that is above every other name. At the mention of that name, every name must bow. Whatever the sickness is, has a name. But that, that's, that name is lower than the name of Jesus. This anointing upon your head will break the yoke of sickness in the name of Jesus. As we anoint you, we declare that you are healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Number two, the anointing was typically used for consecration, to set apart for God's use. And I was so blessed by the scriptures shared by Onyi as she led the prayer for revival. To be set apart for God's use. And so today I am certain that this anointing on someone's life is God setting someone apart. Consecrating someone to himself for his use. And there's already someone here who knows that that's what this is about for them. That God is consecrating that person. God is saying to that person, you're no longer ordinary. I am calling you to myself that I might use you in your generation, in the space where I've planted you, within your family. Leviticus, the 8th chapter and the 12th verse. And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. God was setting them apart for service. These were his priests. And before they could serve him, there was an anointing that took place that sent a message that these are mine, consecrated to, to be used by me. There's someone here who already knows. There's someone online who already knows. Someone at the hub who already knows that that's what this anointing is. God is consecrating me to be used by him. Number three. The anointing for someone could be a commissioning. When God is commissioning someone. You know the story about Saul and how God led him to an encounter. He thought he was going to look for his father's lost donkeys. 
But God used that to bring him to an encounter with the prophet Samuel, who God had told to prepare. And so Samuel had prepared the food that they would eat and had prepared the oil that he would be anointed with. And he goes searching for the donkeys. And in searching for the donkeys, he's encouraged to go to the man of God to ask if he could see something that would help their search. Can I say to someone, you might not have come to this service for this particular purpose. Or you're watching online and you just kind of tuned in. It's just another Jesus house service. But in the heavens, it had been decided that today would be your commissioning. 1 Samuel 10 verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? There's an inheritance for each one of us. There's something God would have us do. There's something that he has given to us to be custodians of. And someone is going to get so much clarity by this anointing as to what God has given them. Exodus 40 verse 15. You shall anoint them as you anointed their father. This is Aaron's children. That they may minister to me as priests. For the anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generation. Someone is going to be commissioned today. Number four, the anointing is always symbolic of a fresh touch of the Spirit of God. And that's my prayer. And I particularly am speaking to someone who might be tired, weary, overburdened, and maybe even someone here who's on the verge of giving up. And I hear a word in my spirit from God saying to someone, you've been thinking a lot about death. The truth is that a spirit of suicide has been assigned to you. If you're that person, Today, you will find your, yourself refreshed from inside you. The zest for life will come back to you. A fresh touch of the Spirit of God. 1 Samuel 16 verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. The Spirit of God coming upon someone afresh today. Number five. The anointing is for protection. There's a scripture I love in Isaiah, the 21st chapter and the 5th verse. And 
This is absolutely necessary. If you, if you know what, and I'm sure you do, you're probably already sensing that you haven't been engaged in as much spiritual warfare as you are. And if you haven't sensed it, you will. Because you see, God has promised certain things, but there are people who are determined that the body of Christ won't enter into those things. Don't think that the unseen realm is not real. Frankly, the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. Isn't it interesting that all the major actors are spirits? God is a spirit. His angels are spirits. The Bible tells us ministering spirits. Those on the other side are spirits. Lucifer, Satan, and his fallen demons. Fallen angels that became demons. So, if everyone is a spirit, and then you and I in the middle of this, we mustn't let the enemy deceive us that our physical, the physical realm is more important because we also are spirits with a soul in a physical body. It doesn't start with us being bodies with a soul that have a spirit. We are primarily spirits. And so that unseen realm is where it all happens. That's why the angel said to Daniel, from the day you started praying, I had God heard the prayer. And that would be somebody's testimony. From the day you started, the first day of the 40-day fast, God heard and God answered. So Daniel would say to the angel, so what happened then? The angel says, there were things going on in an unseen realm. As I was coming with the answer, a strong spirit with the title of a prince of Persia withstood me. But thank God, the angel might have said, that you continued in the place of warfare, in the place of praying. Because as you continued, your prayers caused Michael, another strong archangel, to be dispatched to come and deal with the prince of Persia. So here I am with the answer. Our prayer is that there will be no collateral damage. That's why the anointing for protection. Isaiah 21 verse 5. Prepare the table. Set a watchman in the tower. Eat and drink. Arise you princes. Anoint the shield. Anoint the shield that protects you. Or if you want to look at the message. Which puts it in more, more, more modern English. To arms, princes, the fight is on. Number six. The anointing breaks yokes and lifts burdens. 
Isaiah 10 verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day. I declare that for someone that day is today. It shall come to pass in that day. That this burden will be taken away from your shoulders. Too many Christians carrying burdens that are not theirs. Too many people bow down by the weight of the burdens that they are carrying. We used to joke about it in the early days and we'd say there are too many monkeys on people's shoulders. It's not your burden. Too many burdens on people's shoulders so they can't run the race the way they should. The burden will be taken away from your shoulders. His yoke from your neck. And you know what a yoke is? In those days, they didn't have tractors. So the cows were the tractors. And they would put a yoke on the cow's neck. So the one who held the yoke controlled the cow. So that the cow could pull with it, behind it, the things that would, the machinery that would bring a harvest. Child of God, no enemy should have a yoke on your neck. No enemy. No kingdom of darkness should have a yoke on your neck. He says the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. It's not the oil itself. The oil, I don't know where they got it. Probably got it from Tesco. But it is when the spirit infuses the oil with his person. And the yoke is destroyed. The yoke that traps a person in that cycle of sin Will somebody believe with me that that cycle is going to be broken by reason of this anointing? The yoke that makes it feel sometimes like I'm not in control. The yoke that makes me do things I detest, things I hate. A young man who's trapped in pornography. It's a yoke. That person who can help themselves. The moment they grab their phones, they're going like they're yoked and dragged to one of those pornographic sites. And it's even more painful when in the person's heart they desire to be set free but they just seem like they don't have the power there's some relationships that are yokes 
Someone knows what I'm talking about. You know that relationship is not of God. But you can't help yourself. That young lady. He walks in and out of your life as he wishes. It will be broken today. Anything that is not of God, that is a yoke, must be broken off your life. Number seven. Uncommon favor. Now, understand how favor works. If you study the Bible, that generally, favor works by you aligning with God. There are certain things you can do to induce favor into your life. Study the Bible. So I always tell people that don't, don't just be asking for favor and you're not doing what you should. There are certain things the Bible shows us that you do that command God's favor. But then there are times when God just does what he wants to do. The patriarch brought his children to be blessed. The Lord it was expected. Blessings are done. This is the way you bless. So he did the right thing. He put the one who should get the blessing as the senior on the right hand, put the other one on the left hand. But as he brought them towards God, <laughs> Jehovah, God crossed his hand. Can I say to someone, God is going to cross your hand, his hand for you today. You know what the crossing of the hand means? I know that this is the way it's done, but I'm God. I have chosen that this is the way it's going to be done. That's uncommon favor. You can't even explain it. As you start to explain it, you're embarrassed. Has anybody ever been there? Where you're trying to explain a blessing in your life, and even as you're saying it, you yourself know, you know yourself is ridiculous. That's uncommon favor. The young lady, Ruth, Uncommon favor. As I was reflecting on today, the Lord brought her upon my heart. And I knew that God was speaking to someone very clearly. It seemed like everything had gone wrong for her. Lost her husband. The economy crashed. She became a refugee. And by the word, she was on the outside. She was a Moabite. There was actually a, a curse on the Moabites. But God is the one who wrote it. So God said, um, it's okay. I'm changing. And when her mother-in-law spoke to her in the third chapter and the third verse... Wash yourself, anoint yourself, anoint yourself, anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. She's symbolic of the Spirit of God in that woman's life. Spoke to her. And she did as what she, what she was told. Anointed herself and went to the threshing floor. And 
Listen to what happened. This is uncommon favor. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned, verse 8, himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? So she answered, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. This man was blue blood. This was an Israelite to the core. And this was a Moabite. And there was a specific instruction the Israelites shouldn't mix with the Moabites. It was going to take something uncommon for anything to happen for her. She said, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. There are things you do that invoke favor. Everybody's going after the, the men. She said, he said to her, you were noble. You stayed the course. You held on. So he says, and now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town know that you're a virtuous woman. She kept herself. I would have loved to be there on the day that Ruth got married to Boaz. Boaz was blue blood, pedigree. And he wasn't just poor pedigree, rich pedigree. The man owned the farms. One day he goes to his farm. I'm telling this story for someone. And there are this bunch of poor people in rags that are following his harvesting carts. The cows are yoked and dragging the harvesters behind them. And for this poor, wretched of the earth, in God's mercy, he had introduced a policy called gleaning. And what that meant was that as the cats got full, invariably some crumbs dropped off. His workers were under instructions not to pick the crumbs back and put them back in the cart, but leave them so that this poor, wretched people can glean, pick up the crumbs and have something to eat. That's where she found herself. When the man arrives there, I'm speaking to someone now, <laughs> he looks at this mass of, of people who have been rejected by society, the bottom of the ladder. Nothing distinguishes them from each other. Nothing commends them to a man of his status. But then his eyes alight on one. When I read this story, how did he choose her? She looked like the rest of them. When God has decided it's your time, it will make no sense.
no sense. And I'm telling some, someone that today heaven has set you up. Says so who's that woman? They tell him Ruth the Moabitess. The rest is history. This Moabitess found herself translated into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Makes no sense. When God promotes a person, it makes no sense. When God makes a way where you could not find a way, and I say to someone, that's what this anointing is for. Uncommon favor is coming upon you. You know, a lot of churches, they pray to kill their enemies. I'm sure you've never heard me pray that prayer in Jesus' house. The enemy, he, he mustn't die. To die, that's an easy way out. All those, you must be alive and well. My prayer is that you'll be well because you have to see what the Lord has done. And the last one is that this anointing is an anointing for a burial. Somebody said, did he say that? Yes, yes. It's an anointing for a burial. A burial. A burial must take place. I hear the religious person saying, I reject that. <laughs> Don't reject it before you know what it is about. Romans 8 verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. <laughs> we want to prevent death. That's why we are dying. An anointing for a burial. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You must live. So the deeds of the body must die. So this anointing is to empower you to put the deeds of the body to death. You must break out. Your body does not control you. Your spirit, in unity with the spirit of God, must drive your life. So it's an anointing for a burial. May, may, may there be many deaths of the flesh. And as we come to this anointing, Bam has done half the job for me. Things to note. And he said half of it. Please focus on Jesus. Please. Don't be karma. Don't focus on the man. You know, when we do anointings, you see all the people calculating how, how Pierre will anoint, anoint them, Pastor Agu will anoint them, and say, look at you. It might be the person you don't expect that the Lord is going to use it's not Pastor Badge or Pastor Bola or, or P.A.I. who is out here. It's Jesus. So look to Jesus. Don't see us. Don't see us. It's not Pastor Joseph at the hub. Don't see him. And for those of you who are at home, your husband is about to anoint, anoint you and you're thinking, this husband, that I've not seen him pray. I don't know when last he prayed. This man, when I say pray, he'll be saying, shuku, 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 shuku. All the tongues he knows all his life is shuku, shuku, shuku. How is he going to anoint me? 
Don't miss what God is going to do. If God could use a donkey to speak, trust me, that husband that's playing shuku, 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 because of the, because of the corporate anointing. You know, I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. That woman was focused. <laughs> she just said, the crowd, the people, they matter to her. She said, if I just touch, that's what Bam was talking about, expectation. If I just touch the hem of his garment, the only thing is to touch the hem of his garment. Somebody by now should be saying, this man should stop talking. The only thing is for that oil to touch my head. That's what somebody should be saying now. Expectation. And focus. And then Bam spoke about the currency of the kingdom faith. Somebody should be already operating in that level of faith. We buy everything in our kingdom by faith. And I say buy in inverted commas. Everything we receive in our kingdom is by faith. I use the term buy because I use the term currency. And faith does not have to do with, I'm, I'm in the Lord 40 years, I'm, I'm 82 years old. It doesn't have to do with that. Faith is just simple trust. So some young person in, in, in a raised up in Christ gathering out, outside here at the base is saying, just touch me with that oil. This thing that this man has said, not one, not two, the eight, I receive it into my life today. It's currency. When the woman touched Jesus, he turned around and said, who touched me? The disciples would have said, sir, everybody's touching you. What do you mean who touched you? He says, no, this touch is different. That person that touched me spent the currency of our kingdom. Touched me in faith. As someone is coming out, please come in faith. If you're being anointed at home, let your faith rise. Dare to believe God. We're not believing anything that he did not say. Just believe what he says in his word. And the last thing I want to say, cooperate with the anointing. <laughs> cooperate with it. Align with it. You know, the spirit of God is like a river. And believe me, I know the river is flowing in this place. I know. I know it's flowing at Greenwich. Wherever you are online, the river is flowing. How do you cooperate with the river? Just get in and let it carry you. It's going somewhere. On a practical note, I'd like to encourage you to pray in the spirit for the duration of this anointing. Pray in the spirit as you come up. Pray in the spirit as you go back to your seats. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, those of you who are online, if you would lift up the, the oil, symbolic of the spirit, just want to bless it. The hosts will also be there if you need, have any questions to ask. I'm going to bless it and then when we start anointing, you can start anointing yourselves. Pastor Joseph and Kendi and anyone they've asked to assist at the hub will be doing the same. Pastor Mark and Marceline and the team of ministers at the Jesus House Francophonie, the French expression, are doing the same. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, the oil that is lifted up, O oh God, 
is ordinary. And this is just a ritual if you don't anoint it yourself with your person. And so, Father, we are asking that you anoint it with your person. That, Lord, there'll be healings. There'll be consecrations. There'll be a commissioning or commissionings. That someone will receive a fresh touch of the Spirit. That, Father, for all of us, O oh God, this oil will be symbolic of protection. No weapon fashioned against anyone who has received this anointing will ever prosper. And Lord, by reason of this anointing, every tongue that has arisen anywhere in judgment against your children, I declare by reason of this anointing condemned. This anointing will break yokes. The yokes of addiction of every kind. The yoke of fear. The yoke of anxiety and worry. The list is endless. Every burden lifted. Every yoke broken. And may, may we have people who are telling stories of how God crossed his hand today on their behalf. And Father, may this anointing be for the death of the flesh. That your spirit may rule our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, O God. Go and prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. And as we're doing that, if there's anyone here who hasn't given their life to Christ, you're at the, at the hub or online. Uh, this anointing is an anointing that is coming upon those who have committed themselves to God. But you can join it just by making sure you've given your life to Christ. So with all heads bowed here in, in the bays, at the hub as well, if you don't have a relationship with Christ and you want to settle that, you want to give your life to Christ, start a walk with him. Position yourself for what he's about to do. Will you just open up your heart and receive him now? Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.